Welcome to the Church at the Springs podcast. The Springs exist to lead our generation to God and connect people to a community of Christ followers who change their world. To learn more about us, visit thesprings.net. We hope you enjoy the message. Springs, how you guys say? Listen, hey, you are the brave ones because when it drops below 30 in Florida, that is the equivalent of a blizzard in the Northeast. And you're here, right? You're in the room. And I know some of you are not, and you're watching online in your jammies, you know? Uh, man, we miss you. But it's, you know, this series, we're, uh, we're looking at one at a time, one life at a time. It's the Jesus way. And uh, actually, the, the study and the series and the small group curriculum is, uh, comes from Kyle Eidelman, uh, who's a pastor of Southeast Christian. And uh, Kyle wrote the book, One at a Time, The Unexpected Way God Wants to Use You to Change the World. And uh, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you haven't jumped into groups yet, man, you could do that in the lobby like Jacob was talking about. Just to sit down and look at, last week we talked about how Jesus... Uh, had this uncanny ability that in the midst of a crowd to just zoom in on one individual life. And, and he lived his life, his ministry with a zoom lens. And, uh, and you know, that, you know, those one-on-one conversations, those one-on-one moments, you think about the, the ones that you've had where it's just you and, and somebody else, maybe it was a family member or a close friend or it, nobody else is there. It's the two of you and you're having heart-to-heart conversations. Those, those are moments. And uh, Teddy and I, when, like, when our family gets together now, there's like 16 of us. I mean, just our family. It's like, I mean, it's, and it's loud because eight of those are little people. And so it, it's just loud and everybody's screaming. And so those one-on-one moments don't really happen when the whole family gets together. But every now and then we have the opportunity when it's just uh, us and one of our grandchildren. I mean, those moments, are, are, they're just great moments. It's a gift. And we had one of those recently with uh, our oldest grandson, Lennon. And uh, Lennon and I were, uh, were at a hotel and they had this big water slide and, and I uh, and, you know, t- took him out there and it's this massive water slide that we looked up at this thing. And I think we got a picture of it back there. It was just this three slides coming down and man, it was just, uh, I mean, I, I was standing there at the base of it and I'm looking up and Lennon's eight. And so he's looking at it and I said, you, you want to go on it? He said, oh yeah. <laughs> so man, we started walking up and we had to walk up the tower, you know, all these levels to get to the top. And, you know, he's getting up and he's going, wow, wow, because it gets bigger. You know, as you get closer, it's even bigger than you thought it was. And, and he's going, wow, wow. And I'm walking up and I'm going, <sighs> you know, you get to the top of this thing. And, and, uh, and I, I wasn't going on. I was wearing jeans, man. He was in a suit and he's ready to go. And there's people, there's a line of people and everybody, there's a buzz up there. And they're talking about it. They're talking about the last time they went down and which one they went down and how cool it was and what. And Lennon and these other kids are talking. And, and then it, you know, finally gets to the place where uh, Lennon's next in line. 
and he is standing in front of the tube. I got a shot of that. Just right there, about ready to go down. Water's rushing through the tube and, and he's waiting for the light to go green to, so that he's clear to go. And he stops and he looks at me and he says, Papa, half my body is telling me that this could be one of the greatest experiences of my life. <laughs> and the other half of my body is telling me I'm going to die. <laughs> and then it goes green and he hits it. And, and man, he screamed all the way down that tube. And so I got down, I got down to the bottom and I, I looked at him, he gotten off the, the slide and, and I said, well, which one was it? He said, that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I said, you want to do it again? He said, no. <laughs> but I mean, he had, think about it. He had fear and adventure coursing through his vein at the same time. But we get that because we, we live in both of those worlds, right? I mean, in the uncertainty of life and all that's going on, and we look at our lives and our homes and our families and our nation and our world, and you go, oh, I just fear of the unknown and uncertainty. And, I don't know. and we look at fear through the fear lens often, but Jesus invites us to look through the adventure lens, to see life differently, not not as you know uh, these grandiose plans and dreams that maybe one day could be, but in the day-to-day -day moments of our lives, in the relationships of our lives, in the people that are right around us, that is where the greatest adventure takes place, and we miss it. And and you know when when you look at the way Jesus lived, I mean he he lived life in the everyday moments, in the one-on-one -on -one relationships. I mean, it's just, that, that, that is, uh, that's what proximity is. There's power in proximity. Proximity is nearness. It's like closeness. It's like people that are already right there in, in, in your view. Jesus did life in proximity. He, he did life with those nearest to him. And that's how he changed the world too. I mean, if you're jotting down notes, my, my notes will actually be in the Bible app that you can access online, uh, but they'll also be up here on the screen. But his proximity is how Jesus changed the world. I mean, he's, he did it because think about it. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place he was born. He did it in close proximity. I mean, he, with the people right, right there. And here's the other thing, the people right in front of him determined what he gave his attention to. That is a radically different way of living than we live. But that's how he changed the world. It's just this one shift. You know, so daily interruptions for him oftentimes became divine appointments. And it's that, you know, so he, and not only, not only that the people in proximity he got, gave his attention to the people in proximity. They were the priority. They were the most important. And, and yet proximity, that was the plan of God from the start. God said, I've got to come close to you. That's why, you know, John 1 14 says, so the word talking about Jesus became human and made his home among us. He, he moved in 
He just, he, I mean, he left heaven to come to earth. Why? Because proximity matters. He isn't a God out there God. He's a I'm right here God. And that, that, that was always the plan. And then, and, and then uh, that, that hasn't changed because it's also a promise that God gives to us. Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it was like the great commission, some of his last words. In verse 20, he said, and teach all, uh, he said to teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments that I have given you and be sure of this, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Proximity, I'm with you always. And Hebrews, Hebrews says the same thing about God. Hebrews 13, five says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God says, I'm gonna be close. Scripture says God's close to the brokenhearted. He moves in even closer. It's proximity matters. And, and yet he close, those in close proximity were his priority. What if you and I lived that way? Okay, let me set the scene for you because we've all seen it. You walk into a restaurant. You see a couple in a booth having dinner together. What are they doing? They're on their phones, right? They're just, no, they're just on their phones. They're not talking. They're not having dinner with each other. They're having dinner with their phones, right? You, you see that. And okay, I know a lot of you are like me. I struggle with the same thing. Like I know that wherever I am, my phone is not far away, right? And it's sitting there next to me and then, and you know, whether it's at dinner, you know, with our family and people around the table, a lot of conversations and, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I take my phone and just kind of look down. It's under the table, right? <laughs> because I know if I get spotted, Teddy usually asks me this question, what are you doing? And when I hear, what are you doing? I know, first of all, I'm in trouble because I've been caught because I'm on my phone and, 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 what, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? Well, I'm on my phone and you know I'm on my phone, so why are you asking what I'm doing? It's like, it, what, what she's saying is, hey, I need you to be present. That's what proximity is. Proximity is you're present, you are fully present in that moment. I mean, what would happen if we lived our lives that way? There's a restaurant in Lebanon that I read about that. They give 10% off for anybody who comes into their restaurant and gives them their phone. They take their phone because they say, we want you to eat a meal with the people that you're with. So we'll, we'll keep your phone until you leave. I, you know, probably going to find out down the road that they were just hacking a bunch of phones in the back room. <laughs> I don't know, but... but you know, and there's others that uh, will actually confiscate your phone. They, no phones are allowed. And they put them in a black Ziploc bag and lock it. And, uh, you know, it's just this, you know, what would happen in your world and mine if we did that? You would, people in proximity would get the priority. That's the way Jesus lived. And, and so, and then the principle, the proximity principle, though, it simply says this. No one is in your life by accident. That means everyone is in your life for a reason. 
<laughs> now, I know some of you are going, well, I got a couple people. I know there's no reason for them, <laughs> right? You got faces. Yes, they are. They're there for a reason. See, some people are in your life to be a blessing. Others are in your life to give you a lesson, right? They're a lesson for you. You're supposed to learn something and how to navigate the the. People in relationships are the most important things. And that is a, the ultimate tool of discipleship that God wants to use in your life and in mine and the people. And how do, we, how do we navigate different relationships and people in our lives? And, and, you know, think about the just the landscape and the proximity of your world, the people that you see and walk with and work with and live with every day. Who's next to you? That's a really important question. Um, I remember the first year of the Springs, we went through a really uh, difficult season. We're trying to get this church off the ground. And uh, in, in a matter of one month, all of the men that were on a leadership team, uh, they all left. They left the church. And uh, <laughs> you're going, ooh, that sounds bad. It was. It's it just like. We're just getting started. And the, the reason they left is because of what we're doing and talking about in this series. That I, I told them, I said, listen, the mission of this church is to reach people far from God. That's what we do. We're going we're gonna to zero in on people that are far from God. People that don't go to church, we're trying to reach. And they didn't agree. They said, no, the, the church is for Christians. And I went, no, it's not. I don't find that in my Bible. You know, we were reaching place and, and they all left. And so I was like, what do we do? And then we had a work day on a Saturday and I asked everybody in the church, come on out. We were in this building. We had to clean all the mildew off the outside of that building. It was an old building. And, and uh, so, I, I mean, I, I just remember that day, not many people showed up. And so I'm like, really? I mean, Leadership team leaves, and now nobody shows up but a handful of people to help us clean the mildew. So I'm up on the roof uh, with, you know, some rubber gloves and Clorox and a couple guys I didn't know. And <laughs> that sounds creepy. But it, uh, <laughs> wow. Um, but but I, 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 was, I was, me and God were like, I, I was having a gripe session. And. And it was the whisper of God. It was just a simple question. Who's next to you? And I looked over and there's a couple guys. I didn't know them. I mean, I know they'd visited the church and been there for a little bit, but I didn't know them. Who's next to you? Those two men became two of my closest friends. James Duff and Bruce Galtney. And in those early years of the Springs, had I not known them, I, I doubt the springs would be here because they carried us. And, um, and I, if I didn't see them, I would have missed this. Who's next to you? I mean, it, it matters. Jesus saw people next to him that we often miss. Kind of like, let me take it to one of those moments. Luke 5, verse 27 said, later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. We talked about last week, tax collectors and, and how they were hated and uh, despised by Jewish people. 
I mean, they didn't get the time of day. And, and yet Levi, who is also known as Matthew, was there and Jesus saw him. And, and then it, it goes on and he said to him, follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him, so Levi got up, left everything and followed him. It was the calling of Matthew. Now, here's the crazy thing. The religious people, they were getting on Jesus going, man, remember last week we talked about well, how can he even uh, hang out with or eat, eat meals with tax collectors? They're the scum of the earth, right? And, and yet <laughs> Jesus said, well, let me step it up a notch. I'm not just going to eat a meal with him. I'm going to ask one of them to be my disciple. And that's what he did in this moment. And he, he called out Matthew. Now, Matthew, what if he hadn't? What if he didn't see Matthew? What if, what if he didn't zoom in on Matthew? What if he'd missed that moment? You know, Matthew wrote the first gospel, the book of Matthew. He wrote the first gospel, the life account of Jesus. He, you know, if it wasn't for Matthew, we wouldn't know about the three wise men because in the, in the birth of Christ, he was the one that told that. I mean, just... He, and here, what I love about this verse is that Jesus said, it doesn't matter what your background is. You can be my disciple. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what reputation you've had. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you've been. It doesn't matter. Your past is your past. Just follow me. I want to give you a future. I mean, that... You, and I don't know, listen, some of you, you, you might need to hear this. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. It doesn't matter what a failure you felt like or what an embarrassment a season of your life has been. It doesn't matter. God says, listen, follow Jesus. Start, begin. I mean, it says, um, and so Matthew, I mean, he started following Jesus and he did what so many of us did. It's like, you know, when, when you, uh, when you experience something for the first time, you want to tell your friends about it, right? It's something good. You go someplace. Maybe you, you bought some new product and you go, oh man, this is awesome. And you tell all your friends about it. And he met Jesus and started following Jesus. He said, I got to tell my friends about it. All of his friends, he didn't have any friends but tax collectors. So he set up a party. He invited them to his house. And he invited all of his friends and all the disciples to hang out. And and then in Mark 2, 15 says it this way. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disrepu disreputable sinners. I always stumble over that word, disreputable sinners. And, but here's the thing. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. You, you know why? Because that's who Jesus came for. He didn't come for the already convinced. He, he came for those with a background. He came for those that were far from God. You know, and we, we tend to forget that. We tend to forget because I think what happens is if you've been a Christ follower for years, you, you forget who you were and you think about who you are and you probably think, well, you know, right now I'm a pretty good person. Maybe even some of you say, I'm fairly righteous. You know, I mean, I got good stuff going on in my life. But you forget who you were, and because of that, you, you, you tend to be the person that says, you know what, we, we, we want to reach people like we are, not like people like we were. But people like we were is the people we're called to reach. 
in the proximity of all of our lives. What does that look like? I mean, think about that proximity for you, the people, people that you see, people that uh, maybe they're family members, maybe they're neighbors, maybe they're uh, board members on boards with you. Maybe they're, uh, they're at the ball field. Your kids are at the ball field playing sports together. You're, you're, you're sitting with them every week. The, those people aren't in your life by accident. They're there for a reason. And God put them there with the hope that you would be faithful to have one-on-one conversations, to care for them, to do, do lunches and dinners with them, to invite them. I mean, that, that's what they're there for. That, that is the Jesus way. And the whole prayer of this series is, God, give us eyes to see people the way Jesus saw people. Can you imagine what would happen if we did? Just the people in this room. Who are all the people in proximity, the people you drive by, the people that you, you maybe wave, wave a hand to, but you don't know them. You really don't see them. What if you did? What if you took time and sat down with them? What if you grabbed a break with them? What if you, what if you grabbed a meal with them? And, you know, relationships are so important. They're so important here because we always say, right now you're in a bunch of rows sitting here. We want to move you out of these rows. This is the place, this is the beginning place. We want to move you out of these rows and we want to move you into circles where you, you're face-to-face with people, you're having conversations with people, where you are seen by people. I mean, that's, that, that's what we want to do. We, and and you know, we're, we have one of those opportunities, Connect. Connect is next week here. If you haven't been to Connect, Connect is that, I like to say it's a party with new friends because we're going to, this is the, the place where you can come. We're going to put you around circles. We, we want to tell you about the springs and why we do what we do and how we do it and where we're going and what we value as a church and how you can best get connected in, in serving and groups. You, listen, if you haven't been to Connect, you've got to sign up. You take your Connect card that Jacob talked about earlier, just check Connect and put it in the, in the basket when you leave. Come and be parts four to six next week. We've got a meal. We've got free child care. It's going to be a great uh, connect. And so the, the proximity, the principle we got, nobody's in your life by accident. The problem with it, though, is no one's in your life forever. No one's in your life forever. I mean, people, people, people everyone's in your life for a reason, but everyone's also in your life for a season. And seasons come and go. I mean, think about most of the people that Jesus interacted with. They were one and dones. I mean, that was it. They were were like done. I mean, okay, he healed somebody. He forgave somebody. He had a conversation with somebody. And they're gone. And he never sees them again. So, I mean, that was it. I mean, even Jesus was gone in three years. I mean, his ministry lasted three years and then he was crucified, rose from the dead and went back to heaven. I mean, so there, there's a season and we, we tend to think, well, you know what? But we, we live like this is going to be forever. We got these, these people on our team. We got this, these people that I work with, these people in my family and everything changes. I mean, it's like a snap. Think about pictures that we take. I don't know if y'all are like us, but in our family, we try to take pictures, you know, of the family through the years. And, uh, and now it gets harder and harder. It's kind of like herding cats to get 16 of us into a picture and then everybody wants to look good. And uh, you know, you, so you're taking these pictures. But, but when it started, it was just Teddy and I and our three boys. 
And now there's 16 of us because, because everything changes year after year. There's more people some years. There's less people other years. There's different people some years. And it's because families are always changing. But here's the thing. And so are all the people in the proximity of your life that God has put there for a reason. They come and they go. No one's in your life forever. But they're there for a reason. And that's why Paul, Paul said uh, in, in Colossians 4, 5, he said, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. He said, you've got to live wisely. Paul was saying, you have to live a life of influence because God's put people in your life intentionally for you to love, for you to know, for you to see. And, you know, and so, I mean, think about it. it. This last week, did you live a life of influence? Did you live a life that wisely and make the most of every opportunity, every opportunity to influence people for Christ at your work, with your quality of your work, with your work ethic, with your language? Did, did you make the most of every opportunity? Man, do you realize that eternity hangs in the balance in every, every relationship, every person, every conversation? Have you taken some of those steps to, to love people, to invite people, to share with people? That's, that's the Jesus way. You know, have you ever gone through a season of your life that um, maybe you look back on moments or seasons with regret? You know, regret that you didn't take the time to talk to someone about their faith. You, you didn't take the time to invite someone to come to church. It, it was a missed opportunity and it's gone. Man, do I have those. Billy Graham had those. Billy Graham wrote about one of those. Uh, Billy Graham was friends with many of the presidents and through the years, and uh, one of them was JFK. And he actually wrote in one of his books about that uh, before, right before uh, President-elect Kennedy's inauguration, he played golf with him, and they were on the golf course, and talking about uh, politics and world events, but Billy quickly tried to bring the conversation to Jesus. And he talked to JFK about uh, the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection and the fact that he's coming back again. And, and President Kennedy leaned in and said, my church doesn't talk about these things. I, I would love to talk with you about this more. Can we get together and talk some more about this? And Billy Graham said, absolutely. And then it was uh, February of uh, 1963, National Day of Prayer. And Billy Graham had spoken in D.C. And the president and Billy Graham were walking out after. Uh, it was a freezing cold, snowy day. And, and Billy said, I wasn't feeling well. I was coming down with a flu. And um, as we walked to the car talking, the president paused just before he got in, into the motorcade. 
And he turned and he looked at Billy and he said, Billy, would you come to the White House? There's something I really need to talk to you about. And Billy said, I I just looked at him and said, Mr. President, can we do it another day? Because I'm really not feeling well. And it, it, I mean, it's just, I, it's, I'm freezing. I'd really, can we do it another day? And President Kennedy said, absolutely. We'll do it another day, another day. In November of that year, President Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. And they never got another day. And Billy Graham writes in his book and he said, that moment has haunted me all my life. It was an irrecoverable moment. What about yours? Who is it in your life? Because here's the thing, that we have to live with a sense of urgency because everyone spends forever someplace. Every life has an expiration point. God has put people in all of our lives for a reason and for a season. Are, are we living wisely? I mean, it, it's, do we, we sit down and say, people matter to God. Do we really live our lives that way? Do we have conversations with people? That's who we are as Christ followers. That's who we are as a church. That is the mission. What would happen if we lived our lives giving the people in proximity priority? It would change your life. It would change their lives. I mean, that's the mission. That's what we're called to. We, listen, you got to hear this. We don't go to church just to go to church. We don't, we don't come in to find a comfortable seat and sing some comfortable songs that we like, hear a comfortable message and give maybe a comfortable amount of money and walk out and go, well, that's pretty good. That's not what we do. That's not who we are. I mean, everybody spends forever someplace. We're on a mission. We have been sent into the world. God is trusting you with relationships with people whose lives will be forever changed. You know how I know? Because I'm standing here as one of those people. Teddy and I, we were in a a Bible study class when we were newly married. I didn't know Jesus. I had never been in church. I'm in there with her and the, the teacher called her one night and just talking, checking on, saying, hey, it was great seeing you guys on Sunday. And, uh, and Teddy, Teddy reached out and said, listen, would you please pray for my husband? Because Ron doesn't know Jesus. And he's coming with me. Would you pray with me for him? And she said, we will. And they did. And that class You know what they became? They became friends for me for the sake of eternity. They became friends for me that loved me just the way I was. They gave me, invited me to into their world and their life. And because of that, I know Jesus. Because of them, I've come to live life to the fullest. I mean, that, 
You know what I'm saying to you? This is what I'm saying to you. Someone's wife is praying for you and praying that you will be faithful because you work with her husband. You're on the ball field with her husband. You're in board meetings with her husband. And they know that you go to church and they're hoping that you can reach them. There's somebody's husband is praying for you because you work with the, his wife. God says, you gotta, you gotta see the people and take the time. You and I should never go to church alone anymore. There's always, there's a mission and Springs, you have done this so well for so many years. And for that reason, thousands of people know Jesus that didn't used to. And for some of you, maybe you've never started that relationship. You've never begun that. You've never chosen to follow Jesus. You never, you, you know about Jesus, but you've never said, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you. I want you to be the leader of my life and the Savior. You could, you could do that right now right here in this place. Let's go to the Father in prayer. If that's you and you say, you know, today I want to follow Jesus. I want him to be the savior and leader of my life. Tell him that. You could pray this prayer, not out loud, but between you and God. And you could say, dear Father, thank you for loving me. And thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me and to pay for my sin on the cross. And today, Jesus, I choose to follow you. Teach me how to live. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast. If you were encouraged by this message, be sure to leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you're in the area, join us on Sundays. For times and locations, visit thesprings.net. And again, thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast.